you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, February 21st, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we've got an interview with a special guest to share with you today, and that guest is Troy Marrow. He is a new minor league fundamentals coach for the Orioles and will be working as a fundamentals coach in the FCL with one of the two Orioles Florida Complex League teams this season. And Troy joins us for a fantastic conversation to talk about what his duties will be as a fundamentals coach with the Orioles. And we talk about his baseball background growing up in the Baltimore area. He played at Loyola in high school, going to play Division I baseball, coaching at the D1 level. And then we talk about his time in the San Francisco Giants system for a couple of years. And then the interesting jobs he had between that and being hired by the Orioles, including being a dean of students and working at a nonprofit as well. We also talk about his coaching philosophies and some more things about just growing up in Baltimore and now being back in a wide-ranging great conversation with Troy Marrow. And that is coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, this is the only Orioles podcast out there bringing you O's content three days a week, even though we are in this lockout and in this offseason, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, brand new episodes for you to enjoy. So if you're liking what you're hearing here on the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe to the pod wherever you listen. And if you are a listener on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could give the pod a five-star rating and a review on either of those apps, really, really helps me out a whole lot. Would very much appreciate it. But again, just wanted to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we are talking to Troy Marrow, who was hired back in November by the Orioles to be a minor league fundamentals coach, as he will be one of the fundamentals coaches with the FCL Orioles this season at Rookie Ball down in Sarasota. And Troy joins us for a fantastic conversation about his career in baseball, outside of baseball, what brought him to take this job with the Orioles, and what he will be doing with the O's this season. So it's all coming up right now with the Orioles' newest minor league fundamentals coach, Troy Marrow. All right, so we welcome Troy Marrow into the podcast. He is a fundamentals coach in the Orioles organization, hired to work at the FCL level this year. And Troy, first of all, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Connor. I, I really, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, and so we have you on to talk about many things, but uh, I think the first thing I got to ask you is, as someone who grew up in the Baltimore area, what was it like to get hired by the Orioles this offseason? It's, it's kind of, I don't think it's like kind of fully hit me yet, um, but being from the area, funny thing is I actually didn't grow up an Orioles fan. So I was actually born in Rochester, New York, and my dad's from Brooklyn. Um, so I grew up a Yankees fan, but um, to come back full circle and tour with the Orioles, it's kind of, it's kind of a dream come true. And so I think uh, once the season gets started, um, that's when it's really going to hit me uh, that it's really happening. Yeah, I don't think, now that you're working for the team, I don't think Orioles fans will hold it against you um, that you grew up a Yankee fan. Um, but I'm assuming the the time you kind of grew up 
in Maryland as a Yankee fan was probably a pretty good time to be a Yankee fan, holding it over the heads of Orioles fans right around that time. Yeah, absolutely. I just remember my dad was always just like, watch number two. Derek Jeter was my favorite. Um, they obviously won four World Series during that time. And so it was, a, it was a good time to be a Yankees fan, but proud to be working for the Orioles, you know, so. Yeah, so first I kind of did want to, you know, before we get into your, your baseball background, just talk about your role because I actually got a listener question to the podcast mm-hmm. that was like, what do the developmental and fundamental coaches do? Mm-hmm. And I sent back and I said, well, funny, you should ask. We're going to have Troy <laughs> on the podcast to answer that question. So the floor is to you. I know this will be kind of a new role for you stepping into this mm-hmm. this year, but basically what as a fundamentals coach are your duties going to be this year? Yeah, as a fundamentals coach, we're, we're that fourth coach um, on the staff. So like a lot of staffs, obviously you have your, your manager, your hitting coach, your pitching coach. Um, but that fourth coach as a fundamentals coach, uh, you have your you have your hand pretty much everything. Um, but like for me specifically, I'll be working with our outfielders and, and base running specifically. Um, so every day working with them, uh, working with our base runners, but also doing the doing the other small things, hitting, hitting fungos, throwing a lot of batting practice. And then obviously uh, working close, like with the developmental um, coaches, too, with uh, anything like on the analytical side, um, just to just to get our hands involved in uh, everything. So we have to be pretty well-rounded as uh, fundamentals coaches. Yeah, and so you'll be in the FCL this year down in Sarasota. And it's it's interesting to be there because not only do you see, you know, some of the younger guys who are getting their feet wet in the system, you're also most likely going to be working with all the draft picks in 2022, you know, their first experience at pro ball. And the other thing you get to do is I know you get to be around like a lot of the, the rehabbing guys as well. So what are you most excited for in terms of just the, the wide array of different kind of guys you're going to get to work with this year? Um, I just think uh, pretty much everybody's different background, I guess you could say, um, especially, especially guys getting drafted. If you're going to be dealing with kids getting drafted out of high school, you're going to be dealing with kids getting drafted out of college. You're going to be dealing with some uh, international players as well. And uh, one thing as a coach, you really have to be a people, uh, people person. And so that's what I'm uh, actually looking forward to the most is just getting to be able to, to meet all these different players, but also the coaches too. Um, Cause a lot of us have different, different backgrounds outside of baseball too. And so just being able to come together as a collective and really just get to get to know people. Um, that's something I always look forward to, to do. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. What's that communication been like so far, you know, with the coaching staff? I know it's interesting in the FCL because the Orioles have two teams. So you guys are kind of a, a bigger group down there, but what's that communication like a group been so far? Um, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, just getting, getting ready for, for spring training. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a new year with, with, uh, with all the new hires that, that we do have. Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Um, especially just uh, especially working with our two new managers down there, Christian Frias and Matt Packer. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So do things get started about two weeks from now? I know we heard that, that uh, minor league spring training is going to start mm-hmm. on the 28th. Uh, I'm not too, not too sure. Can't, can't answer that. Can't answer that question uh, right now. Um, I, honestly, I can't tell you. Yeah, you're, you're seemingly probably not the only person around baseball or anything kind of in the dark about what exactly is happening, but I know you're you're itching to get started. I wanted to talk Absolutely. about your previous roles in and out of baseball, because I think, yeah. 
you know, when, when Orioles fans see the new hires for this year, all the guys up and down the system who are coming in for the first year, it's been really interesting to see everybody's different path. And I think the first thing I want to ask you about is, I guess the closest role to this, which is your time with the San Francisco Giants 2018 and 19. So that is your only role in affiliated ball so far. So what did you learn from, from that role out in, you know, San Francisco, or at least with their organization yeah. for two years? Um, I think most importantly in baseball, you just can't be concentrated on one specific field. Um, I guess you could say, um, since most of my time was in the front office, I can even talk about from that perspective. Um, even working in the front office, you have to be able to be able to dabble in analytics and to player development and, into scouting in all these areas. And that's something I'm going to take into, into the coaching uh, atmosphere. Cause it's like, I just can't be concentrating on the outfielders the whole time. I still have to know if I see something with a hit or I see something with the infielder, it's being able to speak to those um, certain aspects um, of the game and just taking that experience I did have in the front office and bring it to the, to the field. Uh, I think it's going to give us a, a unique uh, perspective. Yeah, you talk about that. You were on the, the baseball ops team. Were you kind of like a part of, Farhan's all-encompassing team over there and, and helping with a lot of different things? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, so Farhan came in uh, that year, 2019. Um, 2000, I came in 2018. And so like that 2019 stretch, like they were playing like 500 ball like the whole year. And then it was in 2020 um, where, I, where I personally just decided like, I don't want to I don't want to work in baseball anymore just because of certain things happening in, in my life. Um, but it was just really, it was really cool to see how, how far on turned, turned the giants around it to a contender in such a short amount of time. Yeah. We can sell the fact that, that you had a little role in that team, just yeah. winning a hundred <laughs> plus games out of nowhere. Like, yeah, you can take a little credit. I, absolutely. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but uh, so that, that's what I wanted to ask about too, you know, going to, the ripple effect, which was mm-hmm. kind of your next job for a while yeah. there. Just tell mm-hmm. our listeners what that position was and what that experience yeah. was like for almost three years of your life. Yeah. Um, so while I was with the Giants, um, I, I met a guy through through my church. Um, his name is um, Joe. Joe, if you're listening, I forget your last name right now. Um, but uh, he played he played baseball at uh, Cornell, and we just we got along pretty well. And we're just talking about um, we're just talking about our interests and things like that. And I told him I love working with, with youth um, because I was kind of that youth kid that didn't have um, I had a great system around me, but I didn't know what what I wanted to do in life. And so he introduced me to um, a former minor league player by the name of Stephanie Gartrell, who ran a nonprofit in San Francisco um, that was dealing with at risk youth kids um, in the in the Bay Area who just needed direction, uh, direction and guidance. And so I started volunteering with them while I was working with the Giants. And then through that year, through the pandemic, um, I just got really involved and ended up um, ended up becoming his right hand his right hand man. And I was doing doing our doing events. I was going to speak at um, speak at like the Boys and Girls Club and just developing those one on one mentor relationships uh, with these lost teens. And that's something that I'm looking forward to actually kind of bringing that knowledge and background into into baseball because especially working with these younger these younger kids in the fcl um you know it's like all they know is baseball but i also want to tell them like baseball is not going to be there your whole entire life so you need to so you need to have a plan you need to have a purpose outside of uh outside of your dreams and your goals do you have any kind of rewarding experiences from that time that you still think back on um 
I think the the biggest one was actually this past uh, this past uh, Christmas time. So I went back to San Francisco just to work with my travel team, actually. Um, but went back to this restaurant that that we had worked at called Old School Cafe, and um, one of the students who I hadn't uh, who I hadn't seen in in quite some time is uh, uh, they I had a nickname called they'd always call me Biceps for some reason. But uh, he goes. Yo, biceps, what's happening? And it was just uh, to see that a kid still remembers you after uh, a short amount of time because kids can forget everything, you know, and just be able to to reconnect and just be able to talk about stories and like where he is in life um, was was very satisfying, um, was very satisfying to me. Yeah, and, and now that you get hired by the Orioles, you know, just because you're a first-year coach doesn't necessarily mean you start at, you know, like the, the lowest level of the minors, mm-hmm. there's plenty of guys who get hired for the upper, mm-hmm. upper levels. Do you think that experience with basically kids that age, I mean, you could be working mm-hmm. with, you know, some of the, the top international guys who are maybe 17, 18 years old mm-hmm. who come into the FCL. Do you think that experience maybe helped the Orioles in deciding to, to place you in the FCL because you've already worked with mm-hmm. a, just a lot of people at that point in their life? Yeah, um, I, I think so. Um, so, since I, since I was doing that whole nonprofit um, thing and then uh, through a transition period, I was actually working in Baltimore as a dean of students. And, and so I have this, I just have a knack. I just, I, I love working, uh, I love working with kids and I love working with people just to really get the, get the best out of them. And that's something that I'm looking forward to um, obviously working with, with our players, but also just the coaches too. Um, so I think if you can uh, keep challenging people, and in a good way and trying to get the best out of them um you're going to really see everybody's potential and that that's that's one of my goals like i want to see every kid every every coach reach that potential that they have and so i'm gonna just take all that experience i had working with the giant obviously working with the giants but then with the the nonprofit as well and then working as a dean of students and bringing it uh bring it to the orioles so we'll get back to our conversation with Orioles minor league coach Troy Merrow in just a second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because it's the time of year that a lot of us give up on those New Year's resolutions, especially if it's eating better. But not this year because Built Bar is making it easier. They've got the protein bars and products that are delicious and good for you as well. And they've also got the puffs. If you haven't tried them yet, you're missing out. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy, marshmallowy, covered in 100% real chocolate with great fit flavors like cinnamon churro and banana cream pie. And there's still the usual built Bars covered in chocolate with just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and their great flavors for the bars as well. Like new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Delicious. So if you want to get your hands on all of this to help you eat better and have a delicious treat, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And frankly, you save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store 
or a car dealership. RockAuto.com has prices that are reliably low for every single customer. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com It'll be cool, not just your experience there, but you guys are going to have a, a pretty young staff working with some yeah. young players as well. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Orioles fans know Jalen Ferguson well. I mean, he's basically yeah. hired right off the mm-hmm. field as an Orioles player to be yeah. a coach. Another guy in Chase Sebi, who I know was hired mm-hmm. basically right out of college baseball uh, mm-hmm. to come coach as well. But I did want to ask, you know, you mentioned being a, a dean of students. You came over to the mm-hmm. Baltimore Collegiate School for Boys. Was that a move where you wanted to come back to the Baltimore area and mm-hmm. that job fit right? Or was it a you came back for, for that job specifically? Uh, yeah, she came back uh, for that job specifically. Um, so I do. I have my master's in uh, athletic administration. And uh, at the time, moving back, I actually moving back to Baltimore, I baseball was kind of like in the back of my mind, like a little bit, like, but more like on the showcase showcase side, cause I was doing it with, uh, in San Francisco. Um, but, uh, but a friend reached out to me, uh, told me to apply for this job at Baltimore collegiate. And, uh, we always talked about how I wanted to go back to get my doctorate degree, um, in education. Cause I could, I could see myself doing that. And so I, I moved back with the full intentions of, of sticking it through at, at Baltimore collegiate. But it's one of those things where, um, uh, Major League Baseball, I know work, working with the Giants, a Major League Baseball job doesn't come around um, too often. And when it does, you have to, uh, you have to take it by the, by the horns and uh, go after it. And so that's how, that's how I ended up with the Orioles. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you weren't at the school for too, too long and not mm-hmm. even too long in a school year. I mean, I know you got hired yeah. in the summer and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, know, you, you come to the Orioles late in the fall, early winter. Mm-hmm. If you could share anything about the process mm-hmm. getting hired mm-hmm. by the Orioles, just in terms of, were you reaching out to them? Was it more of you mm-hmm. just applying to an opening? Did someone come to mm-hmm. you? How did that come together for you to, you know, find yourself back uh, in major league baseball? Yeah. Um, so I have a prior relationship uh, with, with Matt Blood. Um, he reached out to me, um, told me that they had a couple positions opened for, for this upcoming year. And um, I applied, uh, applied and had several, I think more phone calls than I can think of right now um, with, with a lot of different, uh, with a lot of different coaches in the organization. And it was just, um, just really seeing where our philosophies lined up um, in terms of baseball, because I think at the, at the end of the day, if, um, you can obviously obviously have different philosophies that overcross each other, but if they don't if they don't align. It's going to be very hard to be on the same page, and that that's one thing that I really did um, did enjoy through the interview process was um, being able to hear everyone's um, authentic thoughts and being behind uh, the the philosophies of the Orioles. What would you say as a coach, whether it be positions you teach or just working with you know the the kids or young adults that you've worked with what do you what would you say is your number one philosophy as a coach uh every single get be, get one percent better every day it's so it's so cliche but um i truly i truly believe you can get um one percent better every day because you can learn i would you can learn more from your mistakes than, than you do your successes um so whether that's you have let's just take a kid that, that's having a great batting practice for example He's having a great batting practice for a day. And you could go up to him and be like, hey, did you learn anything today? And the kid can be like, oh, no, not really. 
But I'm sure somewhere in there, in that batting practice, he might have had one or two bad swings. And so it's like, all right, what did you learn from your one or two bad swings um, from there? Or even not even from that perspective, like that kid could have a great day, great day at the plate, for three for three or whatever. Um, but mentally, maybe he actually wasn't in the game the whole entire the whole entire day. And so it's, as you as a coach, being able to relate to that player outside outside of baseball and making sure his head isn't is in the game. I think you can get, even get better in that, in that aspect as, as well. And so it's just challenging, challenging my players. Now I won't say my players, just challenging players to be, be the best they can be. As long as you're giving the effort, um, that's how I really believe you get one, you get 1% better um, every day. And then, and then I know you touched on this a little bit, but you talked about, you know, relationship with Matt Blood and joining the Orioles and everyone kind of being on the same page. And, and we know how this organization has kind of been turned on its head the last couple of years and, and many new ideas, many new faces from many different backgrounds have come in. And a lot of it has to do with just a, a new age of coaching, whether it be data analytics, just young, getting younger, basically sometimes having better relationships with players. How do you feel that, that you fit into all that as the Orioles really continue this shift? Um, I just say from, I think one common thing is we are, as coaches, and I think Matt's done a great job at this, is um, we're all teachers, essentially, of, of baseball. Um, and so it's that, it's that passion to be able to, to teach that, that, that we all have and to see our players um, get better. And that's what um, I think that I never like pulling myself out uniquely, but I think that's one thing that we all have as a, as a, common, as a common goal. Like we have this, tap, this passion to teach the game of baseball and want to see players uh, reach their their biggest potential. So, Troy, I had a couple more things I wanted to get to. Obviously, yeah. I've been so gracious with your time. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your playing career. Uh, yeah, because, absolutely. obviously, we, we first got to get to, you know, you played at, at Loyola Blakefield, who many people know in the area. Mm-hmm. As someone who was on the inside of it, how, looking back, do you describe the Loyola-Calvert Hall rivalry, mm-hmm. even when it came to the baseball field? Um, it's actually pretty funny. So, a lot of um, – I mean, obviously, people that I, I grew up with, they know. I, so I actually went to Calvert Hall first um, before I actually went to Loyola. So I went to Calvert Hall my freshman year, transferred transferred over to Loyola um, just because the high school, my same coach that I had since I was eight years old, um, started coaching over there. So I wanted to play for him. Um, but the Robert, it, it's funny because it's like you, especially around here in the Baltimore area, I've played against these same kids or played on the same teams as most of these kids my whole entire life. And so, so I can, like, I was teammates with, with Pat Fitzgerald, like in football and basketball, but then like in baseball, we're playing against each other. Or if it's Pat Blair, who played on uh, like the older buzz team that, that I played on and just being able to, to battle it out in the field was, uh, it was special. And it's things that you never forget because I still, you still see those guys around all the time. And it's, uh, it, it's something that's so unique to that little uh, Calvert Hall rivalry. It's, it's a special kind of excitement that I think people around here are even more excited to have you in the O's organization because mm-hmm. they know, you know, there's there's a, a, a part of Baltimore in you no matter what, yeah. uh, especially mm-hmm. being a, a part of that. And you, you go on to North Carolina Central to a, mm-hmm. a great college career at the D1 mm-hmm. level. I did want to ask mm-hmm. first in just choosing mm-hmm. a school, like how important was it for you to play at HBCU? Was that an mm-hmm. important step for you? And how did that mm-hmm. come together? 
Um, at the time, it wasn't um, as important, I would say, but I wanted to be. So my dad, my dad's a lawyer, and one thing I I want to follow in his footsteps. And so I was uh, I was planning. Well, I did plan. I was a criminal justice uh, major, but just because of the the rigors of academics, they have a great law school, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so just the rigors of balancing athletics and academics uh, just wasn't wasn't in my favor. If I realized I wanted to be the best player, I wanted to be so switch majors. But just fell fell in love with the school uh, right away. Um, as soon as I got down there and just, I think as soon as they offered me, they're the first school that offered me. I didn't allow any other schools to, I committed because I was like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to work for the FBI. So I'm going to North Carolina Central. Now you had a great career, but I think the, the year I want to ask you about is Mm -hmm. 2013 where you led the nation in hit by pitches. Now this, I know, because I know some guys who Mm -hmm. in their college careers have led conferences in hit mm-hmm. by pitches. And I know it is like a big point of pride for guys who lead yeah. in that category. Is that the same for you? Oh, absolutely. And I joke around about it with all my teammates. Now I'm still mad at the NCAA because I know the NCAA always sends out like awards for if you, if you lead a category in a certain, uh, certain stat. I still haven't gotten a, a plaque or anything from the NCAA. Um, but yeah, it was just something that for me, I was just a, I was a big team player. I stood right on Still on right on top of the plate, and uh, if I got hit by a pitch, I got hit, and that's just uh, that was my mentality when I played. It's all about getting on base. I think what you deserve is maybe a plaque with a, a big dent taken out of it, like that they fired a baseball at. Um, that might that might really show your career. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, do you think it was a skill that you can teach some of these Orioles guys this year, or was it more of just a feel thing and and you standing on the plate? Um, I actually do think it's actually a feel thing because uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer in guys can actually pick up certain pitches before, um, not before they're thrown, but like while they're being thrown. And so it's like kind of the deeper that you can see a baseball, I believe, or the, the earlier that you can pick it up, the better hitter um, that you can be. Like I wasn't a guy that was just throwing my, throwing my elbow out there. I just could, I could pick up the ball really early out of the pitcher's hand and say like all right I see this ball coming I'm not gonna I'm not gonna move out of the way I'm just gonna hold my ground but two um I'm a firm believer like you have to hit with your feet still um you see a lot of guys sometimes when they swing and miss like their feet are moving all over the place and I firmly believe if you can keep your feet still as a as a hitter it makes you a better hitter um overall so it's something uh, that I'll talk to our hitting coaches about of how you I'm not saying we're going up there to get hit by pitches at all but how are you going to be able to pick the ball up uh earlier out of pitcher's hands you could say yeah it's something you can tell the guys listen you know first day of, of spring training first day of whatever it may be like you've, you've got it down to an art the hit by pitch and, and getting on bases is getting on base so we'll get back to our chat with orioles minor league coach troy marrow in just a second but first football might be over for the season but basketball well that's full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops NBA All-Star weekend this weekend. It was another great weekend of college basketball. And from all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props and more, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season as well. And we know we're getting closer and closer to March Madness, but it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing and UFC odds, right to the winter Olympic coverage, 
and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You get it all at betonline.net, where the game starts. I had a couple rapid fire for you, Troy, before we go. First thing, you know, being in the area, is there a favorite Baltimore restaurant of yours? And if not, a favorite Baltimore food to eat? Uh, favorite Baltimore, uh, favorite Baltimore food is definitely, like, I guess you could say either a crab cake or, uh, the chest, like a Chesapeake wrap. Um, the, the, the crab melted with some cheese is absolutely amazing. Um, but my favorite Baltimore restaurant might have, it's probably Papa's, I would say. All right. All right. There's a good take. Um, continuing on in terms of your baseball career, is there a, either a coach that coached you when you were a player or a player that you've coached in your career that kind of taught you something on the other side where you've, you've taken stuff away from that relationship? Uh, definitely, uh, my college coach, uh, Jim Kerner, um, wouldn't be, I, every time we talk, I tell him I would not be where I am, uh, today if it wasn't for you. And he's one of those, obviously he's taught me so much stuff about baseball, but more importantly, he's the, one of the greatest people, people, it's a, it's a sound weird people persons uh, that, that I've ever met. Um, he just relates to relates to players in a way that is unbelievable and coaches in a special way. And that's something that, um, that I took from him. Are you excited to have, and I don't know if you've reached out to him at all, but are you excited to have another North Carolina central guy in the organization uh, with the Orioles picking up Shane Davis a couple of years ago, the right-handed pitcher. Uh, so there yeah. will be at least uh, one other uh, NC central guy in that system. Yeah. With you. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, I remember actually seeing it. Uh, I didn't get to see him pitch because that was the year COVID got shut down. Um, but I remember talking to coach Kerner, like we, We'd always talk talk years prior, like about each team, about like which guys are going to get picked up, and I just remember always and just checking. I I just remember always hearing about this Shane kid, and so like I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to meeting him uh, in person. So you mentioned you know maybe wanting to still get your doctorate in teaching. Is that mm-hmm. something that's still a goal down the line? Um, I think it's. Um, I'm a person. Uh, I take things six months at a time. Like when it comes to my goals. Um, so like right now it's on delay. Uh, I really haven't given it that much thought, uh, I guess you could say, but it's definitely something that I think I've always wanted to achieve, just not because of the, the doctor, um, the doctor status, um, just, just to prove myself that I can be all that I can be. And so it's something that if it, if it comes about again, um, I might give it a shot, but it might take longer than that typical three to four years now. <laughs> So, you know, you come back to, you know, you get hired by the Orioles, but is it more exciting or less exciting that instead of being in the Baltimore area, you're going to get to spend the summer down in Florida? I'm excited about going down to Florida. Um, honestly, it's like a, I always tell people, it's like a different humidity here in Baltimore compared it to is. Like everywhere, like everywhere else in the country. And so like, I can be like hot in Florida and I'm like, okay, but like being hot in Baltimore is just it's a totally different, it's different a different thing. hot people. <laughs> so I'm looking, <laughs> some people listening are going to totally understand what you're talking about. And some people yeah. are going to have no idea, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, last thing for you, Troy, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know, you know, how much you've talked to really anybody player wise in, in the organization mm-hmm. in terms of minor leaguers, but are there any minor league guys, you know, maybe guys you might work with in the FCL or that you've just mm-hmm. heard other guys talk about, who are in the minors with the Orioles right now are kind of part of this, you know, 
number one ranked system that you're excited to either work with or just get to watch this year? I haven't got to talk to any players yet. Um, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking forward to work with everybody. Um, Cause you have to put everybody on that. I know we have a, one of the best, well, we've been ranked uh, in the top, top five farm systems in baseball. Um, but really it's just being able to work with, work with all the players. Um, and that's what, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Well, Troy, again, we won't hold it against you that you grew up a Yankee fan in the Baltimore area. You are, uh, you're on the right side now, uh, getting hired by the Orioles. And uh, we're excited to have you in the organization. Can't wait to uh, see what you can do with some of these younger guys in the FCL. And thanks again for joining the pod. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. So our thanks again go out to Troy Marrow, Orioles' newest minor league fundamentals coach. Again, he will be working in the FCL this season. That's the Orioles' rookie ball league down in Sarasota. And as we talked about, you know, he'll work with a lot of these guys who are just coming up from the Dominican Summer League and coming to the FCL this year. A lot of the young talent uh, that the Orioles are excited about and a lot of guys that they've signed in the last couple of international classes or have added via trades. And he'll also get to work with the newest draft picks, you know, when the 2022 draft commences, first place most of those guys usually go is down to the FCL for a bit. So it'll be cool for him to work with some of those guys. And there's a good chance he gets to work with whoever the Orioles take 1-1 in that 2022 draft. Because I'm sure that player would probably at least go for a cup of coffee in the FCL. But really cool to have a guy like Troy come to the Orioles, not just because he grew up in Baltimore and played in the area, but also because of all of his different experiences, you know, playing Division I baseball at North Carolina Central, coaching at the Division I level, and, you know, having the the ops background. I think that was interesting. You know, the two years he worked for the San Francisco Giants, 2018 to 2019, he was in the baseball ops department, you know, and he was not an on-field coach like he will be with the Orioles. He was doing the back-end stuff and, you know, evaluating players and helping with the draft and helping with the Rule 5 draft and free agents. And I think that's really important to have that background as well. But it's not like he was just plucked from a front office to be a coach. He also, of course, coached at the D1 level. And then he came back and he coached again uh, and served as an athletic director role and dean of students role uh, over the summer. And he's got all this nonprofit experience that we talked about working with, you know, teenagers and, and frankly, kids and young adults that are around the age of the players he might be working with in the FCL and really being able to connect with their stories. And I think that's kind of an underrated, maybe overlooked thing about Troy's past that is really going to help him in this specific role with the Orioles. And that's why I wanted to touch on that so much during the interview is that I think that's something that, that probably helped him land this job with the O's. Um, and it was cool that he had those relationships already to to come get this job with the Orioles. And a little disappointing that he, despite you know living in the area, did not grow up an Orioles fan. And even worse, uh, that he was a Yankees fan. But uh, he is 100% on the Orioles now uh, being hired by the team. And we are happy to have Troy Marrow in the organization and excited to see what he can do uh, with the Orioles minor leaguers this year. But that'll do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed that chat with Troy Marrow. Uh, always fun to get the insight from someone inside the organization and especially also kind of learn, you know, what exactly a fundamentals coach is going to do because that's part of these expanded minor league coaching staffs for the Orioles. But we still got two more episodes coming up this week. We'll be back on Wednesday here on the podcast to continue talking all things Orioles. And hey, you know, the owners and the Players Association are reportedly going to meet multiple times this week to try and hash out a deal. 
the hope is that the owners will maybe try to, to show a, a point of maybe liking baseball a little bit and wanting this season to commence. We will see. Uh, maybe they will actually bargain and actually negotiate instead of just standing pat and not wanting games to be played. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, time is ticking down. You know, I think the consensus is if there's not a deal by March 1st, we're probably not getting the scheduled March 31st opening day. So we will see what happens, but hopefully maybe things pick up this week and we'll get a deal and we can talk about that on the pod later this week. But we'll still keep you updated on all the Orioles news and notes and, of course, keep you updated on what's going on with those CBA negotiations. But that all continues on Wednesday's episode when we return. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.